everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things local franchising. And of course, a great place to stop by if you're an entrepreneur just looking to learn more about the small business franchising industry. Today's episode, to sell or not to sell? That's the question we're going to answer. More importantly, how to sell. When you own a small business, franchise or not, you're building an asset. Even if it doesn't seem like a business that is a saleable asset, there are options available to you. Too many times, folks, when they're ready to be done, retire or tired or what have you, they lock the door and they walk away. If you do some planning and you connect with the right resources, you can utilize more options to your advantage. Value-added options that result in potentially a payout for you. We have with us today an expert in exit strategies, Jeff Herzina. Hey, Blake. Thank you. You're giving me the expert tag, huh? All right. (laughs) Yep. Pressure's on. Now I put the pressure on you whether you like it or not. Got it. Great to be here. Thank you very much for joining us. So Jeff is with the company Exit Big, and they are specialists in exit strategies, specifically in the category. If we chose you from a drop-down menu, you'd also show up under business broker, right? Correct. You've had your own experience with selling businesses, correct? Yep. I have... uh, Sold a business, sold out of a business in 2016, and have lots of lessons learned uh-huh. from that that I implement in my work today. So I bet you do. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. We can start with what are the tips based upon your experience? What are the tips that you would give to folks who are trying to learn more about setting up an exit strategy? What are the tips? Well, um, the, probably the most important tip I would give people is it's, it's complex. You know, I've been doing M&A for seven, eight years now. Yeah. And there's just so much, so many things that are unknown. And the number one tip I would say is involve professionals and people that know what they're doing. Okay. Um, you know, I made a lot of mistakes when I owned and ran my last business. One of them was that I was too involved. You know, I was responsible mm-hmm. for a lot of the sales. I had all the people reporting to me. And when I went to sell, mm. you know, I was a lot of the value. Right. And so that's probably right. the biggest mistake that I see is that the owners are too involved in the business. And then when they sell it, they're going to exit the business. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's worth a lot less. Right. But so so number one tip would be talk to professionals. Um, another tip is uh, ideally uh, small businesses take advantage of tax perks. Uh-huh. Um, I, my, myself as well. And if, if possible, clean up your books for a period of three years. Mm-hmm. Yes, you'll pay more tax, but I promise you it will pay dividends on the other side. So in other words, you're paying more tax, but you're showing the actual revenue and profits that somebody's going to get. And when you're setting a price for your business, right. you're starting with a, a yeah. better multiple. There are some people that say the books are messy. I assume the business is messy and it's just something I'm not interested in. Okay. And really kind of judged unfairly. 
Um, there's some people that don't care, you know, they'll sift through the ad backs and there's a whole bunch of, for example, I worked on a project this morning. It had an average of about 500,000 of earnings in a year, 200 of the 500,000 is in ad backs and that'll be a due diligence challenge. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it's, I mean, $200,000 of 500 is a a high percentage, and, and th- there will probably be some challenges with that. And for those that are new to this topic, talk a little bit more about the adbacks. Okay. So an adback is, uh, you know, I'll give you a couple examples. Travel, right? A lot of small mm-hmm. business owners pay for their personal travel with their business. Right. Right. But it doesn't have anything to do with growing the business. It's not going to a conference or anything. It's totally a personal perk. Maybe they took a $12,000 vacation to Hawaii. Right. Uh, and... And so it's all personal. So that's considered an ad back. Um, another example, you know, they have the company pay for their vehicle. Mm-hmm. And the vehicle doesn't have anything to do with how do you run the business. So okay. anything personally that you take advantage of running through the business, but if a new buyer came in and chose to do it a different way, mm-hmm. would be true dollars that go back to the cash flow of the business. Which allows them, that, that potential buyer, to have a, a more conservative number or a more conservative projection for what the business is really doing as far as revenues and expenses. Right. In short, how I value businesses is I take EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, depreciation, taxes, uh, amortization, mm-hmm. um, times the multiple. So if it's a 4X, so take the EBITDA yep. times a 4X, and we have a $30,000 questionable item, 30,000 times four is 120,000, if my math's right. Uh And that's a substantial, some substantial dollars. So so clean books uh, is one that I would say, hey, suck it up, pay the tax, make your books look clean. It will help you on the sell side. Yeah. Um, You know, other things, um, having leadership. Okay. Can you go out of town for a couple months? And if if so, does the business fall apart? Right. having some other people or some leadership be able to run the business and that, it, again, that the business isn't so dependent on that owner. Ties back into your example from earlier with, with yourself, being responsible for too much. And yep. the buyer wants to see that the value of what I'm purchasing here is going to be retained post-purchase. And the person right. that I'm buying from isn't walking away. And yep. well, there goes all the relationships and yep. the sales. And all the sales. And, and, you know, this business is going to fall apart once that owner leaves, which is usually yeah. the goal. You said something really important there a minute ago. And I want to I want to take a step back to the kind of the bigger picture of this topic. And you were talking about, you know, three years of financials. And that kind of changes the trajectory of the discussion in that now we're talking about when's the right time to be thinking about exit strategies? I mean, let's be honest. One of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is there's a lot of business owners or prospective business owners who hear stuff like exit strategies and they start thinking, here's another thing that I don't know anything about. And it's, there's an intimidation factor, right? Certainly. Yeah. So the question is, what can you do to start planning ahead? And when should you start planning to exit your business? The day you start the business, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> okay. in, in a perfect world. Uh-huh. Uh, Begin but, with know, the end in mind. Right, in other right. Words. Okay. okay. So there's, you know, in a perfect world, but that's usually not what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of times people have an intention of keeping the business up until a certain retirement age. Yeah. You know, um, 
five years out is probably is ideal. Longer than that is better. Obviously, you know, um, even a couple years before you're going to sell, because there's some things that we can coach you on and can teach you to do that will increase the value significantly mm-hmm. in, in just maybe a short, you know, yeah. year to three year period of time. Such as those ad backs you were talking about. Ad backs, um, you know, yeah, having the business set up. Having your processes documented, mm-hmm. I always oh, I always like yeah. to use dr- uh, dramatic things like, "What happens if you get hit by a bus?" Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, because it's it, it's an emotional thing, and it's like, "Well, if I get hit by a bus, I'm not around. What's going to happen? This company's going to fall apart." Yeah, and so th- there, there's there's things like that. I like your systems and processes example. It's I've I've heard franchises do a really good job with systems and processes. I heard that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, that's probably one of the things that uh, are. You know, that's probably one of the things that most of the businesses I see are, are the worst at. Sure. They're, they're just not documented yeah. um, processes. Everybody means to get to it. but Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's paperwork, paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, let's see. What, where, what else is on that list? What, what was the question? Yeah. So we the big on? picture question was things that you can do to plan ahead or advice yeah. that you're giving folks as far as when to start and what to do. Little things you can do to set yourself up. appropriately when you get to the point where you want to sell probably 95 percent of the sales i work on i i I talk to the owners nobody else finds out in the business until we close i believe this trend will change as more coaching is around for helping people prepare for exits it's important and best and and better in my opinion that people other people know you know for example i'm working on a business right now the owners are around 60 yeah the, they have about 50 employees. Mm-hmm. The staff know they're not going to work forever and that they're going to retire yeah. and that they've done well and they like to you know move out of state. So um, having some of that communication ahead of time, maybe the key leadership knows mm-hmm. everybody, if everybody's rowing the same direction, then there's way less anxiety when we go to that post-closing meeting and say, surprise, yeah, you know, we sold the business, off. right? Which is something boss. that we help kind of coach them through, which is it, it generally works out fine. You know, the seller doesn't sleep for a couple nights and they got mm-hmm. a big knot in their gut. Uh, but it, it, you know, if we find a good buyer, which is one of Exit Big's philosophies, that's going to make this business live on, going to take uh-huh. care, of, continue to take care of the employees, going to continue to take care of the customers, going to, the legacy will live on, the staff will be fine. Yeah. If we don't and we just throw a buyer and that'll pay the price and, you know, we don't really care what happens later, um, you know, you're going to have some issues. And people are yeah. probably going to be looking for new work. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you leave people in the lurch or, or create a vacuum, the lack of knowledge, people are going to fill it somehow, yeah. right? So I think more communication, we'll, we'll see that as a trend. We're also going to see a lot more companies come on the market. Yeah. Um, just, you know, there's a lot of baby boomers that own businesses. Mm-hmm. And they should have sold 10 years ago, five years ago, last year, and they're still holding on. And uh, so I think that's a that's that's definitely a trend that I'll, I see too. As a result of what we we're recording this here in 2022, right, and uh, in the third quarter of 2022, we've we're kind of post pandemic, right, yeah, in yeah. in many senses, which was an exhausting period for many business owners, exhausting period for everybody. Yeah. As a result of that, are you seeing an uptick? in the number of people that want to sell businesses? Great question. Yes, I am. Uh, I think the mentality generally is, man, you know, no one saw the pandemic coming. Um, People weren't expecting it. And when you own a business, you have risk to have the door open. Yeah. 
people were reminded during the pandemic, like, hey, even when you think you got everything under control, there could always be something else out there. And it, and and one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, they're tired. Yeah. Right? They've done yeah. it. You know, in the Midwest, we're generally, we're hard workers and, you know, we don't mind grabbing the shovel and working hard, mm-hmm. but they're tired. Right. Um, yeah. And so they're aging, they're tired. They got beat up by the pandemic. I'm seeing pe- more people uh, reach out and say, Hey, I'm thinking about possibly selling, you know, what's the first step. And our strategy is, you know, buying or selling a business is a huge deal. Um, we just want to have conversations with people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and just meet with people and just let them know that we can just have a casual conversation. It doesn't mean, Hey, let's put your business on the market. So our, you know, we apply <laughs> no sales pressure Yeah, because it's a huge emotional decision for them. And, uh, well, this know, is their baby. That we're they honored built. to just talk to them about it. Yeah. And, 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 and there's not enough education out there today for business owners. Like I didn't know that I shouldn't be working in the business as much as I did. Or I, and I left a lot of money on the table. Yeah. Nobody told me, Hey Jeff, the less you do in the business, the more it's worth. Uh, it would have been great to know that. Seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. But there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, for sure. So can we run a couple of scenarios here real quick? Let's say I'm the 60 year old business owner and my plan is that I want to retire. I want to exit from the business in the next five years, right? I, I plan on exiting the business at age 65. Mm-hmm. What are a couple of things that you would advise me on starting to do right now or making sure that I'm doing it the right way? Uh, the, probably the first thing would be uh, talk to your CPA about what's the value of your business. If your CPA firm doesn't do valuations, then go get about business valuation. There's a, there's a formal valuation process, right, for right. businesses. Yep. I mean, it's pretty simple. You know, they'll ask for three to four years of financials, profit and loss, balance mm-hmm. sheets, tax statements. They'll, they'll talk to you a little bit. Somebody will tell you, Blake, your business is worth X. And, and then you know, okay? Yeah. So then if you have a retirement goal in five years and you think your business is worth $5 million, but it's really worth a million, <laughs> you, 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 you got to change some, your retirement goal. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so that one, you know, it, it just gets missed. So that's one, get a business valuation. Um, two, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of coaching and business coaches. A lot more business coaches are starting to help people think about exit. They're kind of shifting okay. just the nuts and bolts of business coaching over to, well, let's start thinking about exit. I mean, yeah. you're 60. When are you going to exit? So I think working with someone in that capacity, come have a conversation with us. And, uh, you know, uh, we always like talking to people. We like meeting new people, uh, or someone like us yeah. about it. And then, um, you know, I think one is, are you going to sell it to an outside buyer or are you going to sell the business to internal? Okay. Mm -hmm. We we don't do the internal sales. Uh, We can give people a little bit of coaching, but we, our niche is we go find a buyer that doesn't know about your business to buy it. So in the internal would be, you know, selling to key staff, to a lieutenant, family members, whether they're involved in the business or not. Yep. Yep. So those are probably the main ones. And if you're five years out and you're talking about that stuff, you're in good shape. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What, what, you know, alternatively, it's when a 70 year old who has no gas left in the tank comes to us and says, Hey, my business has declined the last three years. I need to sell it. And I unfortunately have to say, you know, you don't have anything to sell. Yeah. And it breaks my heart. And it's one of the reasons that we do what we do is to kind of coach people through that. But you know, we, it, unfortunately, we see it a lot. And if, and if there's one takeaway from that, if there's one lesson I'm hearing there is 
no different than the stock market, a good time to sell is when things are going well. Right. Yep. When you have three or four good years in a row, uh-huh. and you think that the business is invincible and like you, nothing can, you know, that might be the time. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my friends said, it's like having a 401k plan, not knowing the value of your business. It's like having a 401k and not knowing how much is in it and not knowing what you're investing in. It's a, it's a very good parallel. Like brilliant. <laughs> Hang around some smart people. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you seem smarter, right? <laughs> I, I learned that a long time ago. Who's my circle? Uh, good, good. The other scenario that I want to ask you about, I'm a brand new business owner. We talked about beginning with the end in mind. Yeah. I'm a brand new business owner. There's, you know, you've been a business owner. You are a business owner. It sounds great, right? Okay, well, just, you know, begin the planning from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Duh. Yeah. And then the part about being a business owner kicks in and you're doing a million things and you're going in a million directions and you're putting out fires. Realistically, what are a few things that you've seen that people can do, practices or, or even resources that they can bring to the table to say, yeah, start doing some of this stuff now, even though you're not even thinking about selling. If a, as a new business owner, things that I could be considering? Well... I, I always, my mind always goes back to that the business owner is too involved. So a lot of times business owners were poor delegators. Yeah. Okay? We're not good at it, but it's something you can, you can get better at. So delegate early little tasks and learn to just let it go. Trust your team and chill out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's one, because again, if you do, what happens if you get hit by the bus and if it's bad news, then you got a problem even while you're running the business, not let right. alone when you're going to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, see what else um comes to mind i mean you you, what do you see in your 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 world you You mentioned something earlier that i guess i would answer this question with and that's you know documenting it the systems and processes and um if you're fortunate enough to be part of a franchise Mm -hmm. system where a lot of that is brought to you it's just a matter of actually implementing that on the local level yeah and making sure that you've got some tracking tools which makes it easier to delegate if you're an independent owner operator then it's you know taking Anytime that you are delegating, giving instructions to somebody internal or external on here's how we're going to do this, put that email in a folder, right? Because yeah. that ultimately becomes your process and procedure manual, even if you're paying some third party to put it together later. At least you're getting that out of your brain and in a spot where it can mm-hmm. be documented. I got another good one. Um, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to this because the businesses I see that have better relationships with their professionals, generally they're worth more. Okay. But here's the deal. Small businesses, we, we got to be scrappy. We don't have funds, right? And every time yeah. I talk to my CPM, I'm getting an invoice, right? Which isn't the favorite thing to get in the mail, right? <laughs> so there's this mindset of I'm not going to talk to my professionals because I'm going to save a few dollars. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm, I'm getting w- the ship's getting way off track. And, you know, there's not a relationship there. So there's, there's, there's a direct coincidence with how close they are to the professionals and what the business is worth. So even early on, Okay. Just, just yeah. be, be strategic. You know, it's, if you go meet with your CPA only once a year at, during tax time, you're not meeting with them enough. It, you're missing Keep all kinds of, you're, you're keeping all kinds of, right. And, you know, having, uh, I, I see partnerships all the time that don't have buy sell agreements. You know, it's like, Oh, my, mm. I, 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 I my, yeah. my, my skin cringes when, you know, they have a $5 million company, four partners, and there's no buy sell agreement. Like, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, setting yourself up. <laughs> so, you know, if I'm saying some things today that stick with someone that, you know, if you don't have a buy-sell agreement and you have partners, go get one. If you haven't had a business valuation in the last five years, go get one. 
these things are important. <laughs> and you That's can tell really, I'm, I'm passionate about it. Well, so. and I think it's really important coming from somebody like you that sees how that can really impact a successful sale, sees how it can set you up for the success that everybody hopes is at the end of the trail for business ownership. It, it, that's resonating with me because yeah. not only have you lived it and and had your own business and experienced this yourself, but this is what you do day to day. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 It's it's we're super passionate about it. I had a midlife crisis sometime around forty, and uh, I I hopped into the business brokerage community because uh-huh. I felt like this aligns with my skill, it aligns with my passion, my core values, and I want to make an impact on these businesses and these transactions and you know we only do you know we don't do that many transactions but mm-hmm. each one we work on it's, it's very impactful and important to us so we're honored to be doing it and and uh <laughs> i, I kind of say I, I finally figured out what i want to be when i grow up <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that speaking of which what you want to be how do people get a hold of you if they do want to work with you uh so real simple exitbig.com e-x-i-t-b-i-g.com it's funny story blew my Achilles in 16 wrote the business plan got the website but I wanted simple so that's you can find our phone numbers on there our emails Um, that's the best place to go got it Jeff thanks so much for being with us today thanks for having me on appreciate you sharing with us to the benefit of our listeners yeah and thanks to all of you for joining us again for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy remember if you have any information or want more contact details Just scan that QR code on your screen, get a hold of us, and we'll be happy to get you to the right people, including to Jeff here. And don't keep us a secret, right? Share us. Subscribe, share, and follow so that others who might benefit from this kind of information can gain some new information for themselves. Thanks again for being with us for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. We'll see you here again soon. Huda Media Production.